Hello and welcome to Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. I am Mickey, aka Hockey She Wrote, and I am excited to be here. Um, we have some not so great things to talk about. We've got some really fun things to talk about and everything in between. So this could be kind of a meaty episode. We'll see once I get going. And I'd like to share a little bit about myself at the beginning of every podcast, just like a little tidbit, because I like to get to know the hosts of the podcasts that I really enjoy. So today is actually uh, National Diabetes Day when I'm recording this. And I have two kids and my son, who's five years old, has type 1 diabetes. And the only thing I want to say about that is just that, you know what, people with diabetes, they can do everything that people without diabetes can do. It's just that they need to do it a little differently sometimes. And that's okay. <laughs> we are just starting my second year as a hockey mom for my son. And you know what? He does just fine out there on the ice. He's having fun. And that's what it's all about. Oh, and uh, one more. Thank you for sticking with me through episode five, where I uh, definitely had a couple cough attacks and had to pause recording and uh, just had a really rough voice. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with me because I really appreciate it. All right, let's move on. First, we're going to talk about the games. We have to, you guys. I don't want to, but we have to. In my notes, I even drew a little sad face next to it because it's been rough. It has been rough. I don't even really want to talk about the games. But here we go. So we're starting with the Rangers game because I talked about the Islanders game in my last episode. So the Rangers game, the Rangers were playing their third goalie. And going in, I was kind of thinking, okay, like that doesn't mean he's bad goalie. A third goalie doesn't mean he's bad, but he might not be used to the pace. He might have, um, this might not be used to the NHL kind of side of things. So maybe we kind of have something going on. But I did really like that, Flurry during the uh, warmups went over to where the other goalie was stretching and was like, hey, you know, it's not often that you get two French Canadian uh, goalies in anymore. So let's put on a show. And that's just so Marc Andre Fleury because, first of all, he puts on a show every time he's in, in net, every time. But I love that he is so encouraging to other goalies whether they are on the wild with him or on other teams. It's just fun to see how someone can be so nice to everybody and so respected to, among everybody also. But so we start the game. We get this really nice goal where Faber passes it to Duhame. Duhame puts it in. I love Duhame scoring. Brandon Duhame is just... I don't know. He's one of those players that you kind of just have to like. He is just so into the game and he's so intense that it's always fun to see him score because he is just ecstatic every single time that he scores. They're playing okay after the first, right? They're playing okay. They come into the second against the Rangers and they are playing well. The second period, the Wild outshoot the Rangers 15 to 3. They have the Jets on. They are putting pucks on the net. They are preventing the Rangers from getting back into the wild zone. So things were starting to go right. Unfortunately, we know how it ended. 
And there's one other play I want to talk about in this game before we move on to the next bad game. Is Brock Faber. He has jumped right into the NHL and honestly looks like he has been there for a couple of years. And he makes mistakes. Of course he does. Now, what's really great about him is he really doesn't make that many mistakes, right? Everybody makes mistakes sometimes. Even, you know, Brodeen, Spurgeon, they all make mistakes sometimes. But Faber hardly ever does. But in this game, third period, he moved up to try and pinch and just made the wrong call. And the Rangers got by a score. But what is so great about this is that later in the locker room, Brock Faber was like, yeah, I made a mistake. Like it was dumb. I won't make it again, but I made a mistake. And he owned up to it, which is really great to see in someone who is so young. And I think that really shows his leadership potential. He has this way about him that it's not surprising that he was the captain of the Gopher hockey team. It is not a surprise at all. And he's come onto the wild and sometimes he talks almost like he's a leader too. And, and that's what's so great about the wild locker room is that he can do that. He can still have that say. And I would not be surprised if later on down the line, Faber had a C on his chest because he is just that kind of a guy. So we had back-to-back savers on Saturday. No, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> this is a couple of days ago now. But they go to Buffalo on the Friday. This one hurts, you guys. This one hurts because it was close. We only, the Wild lost three to two. But one of the things that is really bugging me is that those two goals were both power play goals. So we were not, we could not get it in five on five, but power play, we did. And you know what? I'll take them. It's just a little bit weird. All right. Sorry, folks. I was getting so worked up that uh, I had a coughing fit again. So uh, be glad that I just don't leave that in here. I'm trying to be professional here, right? Trying to be professional. But we were talking about the Sabres game. And uh, one of the great things about the Sabres game is that X scored his 100th goal. And I love watching Eck and seeing what he has been doing because Marco Rossi is kind of following the same path that Jewel Erickson Eck did. I remember ways back when people were like, oh, Eck is not doing anything for us. Like, why? We need to get rid of him. What is he doing? Like, ugh. And now look at him. He is like the backbone of the team. When he is not in, we saw in playoffs last year, the team falls apart. He does everything. Now, I'm not saying that Marco Rossi is going to be quite as um, the Swiss Army knife that Julia Erickson Eck is, but Marco Rossi is, he's going. He is going at his own pace, and it might be slower than you would like, but he will get there. And he is getting there. We are seeing that. But so it was really great to see Eck get 100 goals. Another thing that he contributed to is that during that game, the Wild won 73% of faceoffs, 40 out of 55. For a team that is lousy on the faceoff dot, apparently the Sabres are even worse. Either that or the Wild just really had it going that night. This was a 
another game where there were so many looks, they just were not going in the net. And they had uh, Devin Levi in net for the Sabres. All right, trust your instincts because I had to. I, I stopped because I was like, wait, I think I'm wrong. I was right. Anyway, Devin Levi was in the net for the Sabres. And he does this thing where when they have a, a TV timeout or a break, you know, he goes and he like sits down and he looks like a Jedi and he meditates. And Lou Nanny on the broadcast, let me say, Lou Nanny is just a treasure. And I love when he's doing color. I love that he says, I'm doing two trips a year and I'm done. But anyway, so he watches Devin Levi go, you know, out and start meditating. And Nanny was like, I hope he falls asleep out there. <laughs> and I just, that's something I would say if I was on the broadcast. You know, I don't know if, if they need someone else to hop in last minute. I, I could make comments like that. But this was a game where we were starting to see good things happening. This was also when Spurgeon made his season debut. He's finally in. And, you know, we were thinking, okay, maybe this is the time. We are, we're going up, doing better. You know, even the Rangers game was okay. Sabres game, a loss, but playing well. Unfortunately, on Sunday, we played the Dallas Stars. I tried to be optimistic going in. I tried to always be optimistic. I saw a lot of other people on social media try to be optimistic too. Even though we kind of knew what we were getting into. We knew what that team was skating into and it was really hard to watch. I am glad, however, originally I was supposed to be at the game with my brother, but he could not come home last weekend. So we exchanged the tickets. And this is maybe the only time I will ever say that I was glad I was not at that game. I think I would have cried. I just think I would have cried. The first period actually felt really good. There was a little bit of a slow start. But then after that, the Wild were skating with them. There was pressure. It felt like a game that was winnable. They ended the first period 3-2. And it was that was the point in time where I tweeted something about we needed that video where uh, Kirill comes off the ice and he was like, oh boy, what a game. Because that's how the first period felt to me. It felt just that everything was happening. Then second, we come out of the second, down 5-3. You know what? Not great, but that's not terrible. It was doable. And even Evison was talking about, you know, it, it, there was there were all these points in the game where it was it was anybody's game still. You know, there there was no like, oh, the Stars took it from the beginning and went, you know, were on the winning side the whole time. No. And Evison, his press conference afterwards, he spoke the truth. We were awful, he said. And he's so right. And it's so hard to admit that because I love the Wild, but they were awful. Now, a couple things going on during the game. So we had three goals during the entire game, and then they had eight. But our three goals were scored by Brandon Duhame, Vinny Letary, Matt Zuccarello. Vinny Letary, that was a great shot. 
His shot just right over the shoulder, top shelf, a beauty. I wish it could count for like three goals because that would have helped. Um, but then we had other people. We had we had Connor Dewar trying to kind of spark something with a fight in the first period. Uh, he and Smith were going at it. And actually, even after that, he was still kind of pushing and shoving with him. And Dewar, man, he kind of got the 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 bottom part of this fight. <laughs> um, he did not have an advantage, let's say that. But he was a good sport, and he was trying, and he was trying to help his team. Uh, we finally, finally got a penalty on Ryan Suter for high-sticking Karel Kaprizov. I am still, I love that Wild fans are still committed to the bit. That anytime Suter touches the puck in the Excel Center, we boo. I think it's hilarious. I totally agree with it. And I was also really glad that he got this penalty. And you watch the slow-mo. And on the broadcast, they were saying, what was he thinking? Because not only did he not hit the puck, even if he could have hit the puck, you could see that Kaprizov's face was right there. But I'll take it. And then we had Brandon Duhame. Again, I love him. He's a great player, but... He needs to start getting his temper in check because that boarding penalty that he took, that was not good. That was not pretty. Uh, that's the whole thing with Duhame, though. Like, he scores important goals, and he also takes stupid penalties. And that is something that I just don't, I don't know, how do you, it's just both of those and the same player. Who knows? Um, and then Flurry got his tripping penalty. And I loved it. If I was that player on the other team and Flurry tripped me, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be like, you know what? I get it. You know, Flurry can trip me any day. He's way too nice. This, I think at that point, Flurry was just so, so tired of breakaways because there had been so many. He was just like, do I have to do everything myself? Do I really have to do everything myself? Sure, I will come out and defend, I guess. But we're going to move on now. We're going to move on. That was that was the bad stuff to talk about. Now we're going to move on to some more fun stuff because I would like to forget those games. Uh, so the Wild put out the refing video, the little trending wild about refing. And I love this series. This is such a fun series. You know, the first one was the ASMR. Now they did uh, the refing where they were talk like asking questions about refing signs. And I love at the beginning, Maroon's deadpan, when they ask him, like, would you want to be a ref? And he was like, I was a ref. <laughs> it just, his deadpan is perfect. I love that Wes McCauley is just, you, you could not make this video without name dropping Wes McCauley. Um, the fighting. It's iconic. Then they ask the guys about the sign for headbutting. And I love that they ask this because there is not a sign for headbutting. So they were just like walking them into this, this, uh, this misdirection. But I love that they all had the same idea and they thought it was so funny to be like, the refs are just like, mm. it just made me laugh. So 
the other, the next thing is that on Sunday when they were against the Stars, we're not going to talk about the game game. It was Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And this is always such a touching night. And it's always very moving. You know, the game, What, however things go, this part of the game is so important. I was there last year at the Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And the moment of silence, we all put our uh, phone cameras, on, our phone um, lights on and had a moment of silence. And it was so powerful, so powerful. I love that the Swedes, Brodine and Eck, both came in. They had pulled out their purple ties, especially for the night. I loved it. I, I'm going to admit I shed a few tears in, during the little video about who everyone fights for. And the Iowa Wild had the signs that said they fight for Pavel Novak. I just, it's so sweet. So sweet. Before we move on to the Sweden trip, we're going to pause for a minute and talk about a few roster changes that have happened. First of all, they already have Nick Patan. They already called up Nick Patan as an extra. And then they have John Merrill as an extra also, since he has not been skating. They, we knew they were going to call up Jesper Volstead to be the third goalie because as long as he doesn't have to play, they don't have to, uh, his pay does not come out of the, out of the cap. That was also why they put Goudreau on long-term injured reserve because just in case Volstead has to go in for some reason, if someone is sick, someone gets injured, um, they have to be able to pay him. But Goudreau, his, it's retroactive. His, his LTIR was retroactive. He's already missed nine games. So he is eligible to play on Sunday if they need him to and if he is healthy enough. I do love that they brought along Alex Goligoski, even though he is injured, injured. I love that he's along. But the biggest thing that we are all in the dark about, we don't know yet, is Kirill Kaprizov injured? Is he hurt? It, he has not been playing like himself. And that's not hard to see. He has been turning over pucks like crazy. He has been dumping the puck in instead of fighting his way in. And it's been really, really noticeable. It's not even just the not scoring. Because he is coming away from these games with a point per game. And an average hockey player, would that would be great. But a superstar, we know that he can do more than a point per game. So we know something's wrong. And then on Monday, instead of practicing, he had a maintenance day. Now, maintenance day does not have to mean anything scary. It, it can literally just be a maintenance day. But Everson was making it sound like there's maybe some sort of injury there. So the Wild did make one more call up. They called up Damon Hunt. And can you imagine if you were Damon Hunt? You know, you went, you went back down to Iowa. You already you skated, I think it was five games in the NHL. He had it, just all this exciting things. He went back down to Iowa. Oh, he was on a buzz. And they called him back up and they're like, hey, um, can you get here by 10 p.m.? Because we're going to put you on the flight to Sweden. By the way, you're going to Sweden for a week. So uh, just, you know, pack, pack right. I'd be like, that, what? like, what an opportunity. But the fact that they pulled him up, it just, it makes me worried that 
Kaprizov is not going to be ready to go. We're not going to know anything until tomorrow anyway, because they did not practice when they landed in Sweden today. They are practicing tomorrow. And maybe we'll get some more information at that point about Kaprizov. Now, Sweden. When they first announced this trip, my brother and I, like, right away, were like, we need to go. Unfortunately, we don't have that kind of money, or I don't, at least. Uh, and we still thought about, like, what could we do? Like, hostels, kind of the cheapest that we could do. And as you can tell, I'm not in Sweden, and I will not be going to Sweden. I will be watching on TV. But that's okay. Now, they have kind of unofficially made Jonas Brodin the planner for everything. And it makes me laugh because I feel like that's not something that he would pick himself. I feel like they were just like, hey, Brodin, you're going to be the one to tell us about all the things. I could just be totally reading it the wrong way. I just thought it was kind of funny. But Minnesota Wild, they get on the plane. They have a private plane taking them over to Sweden along with all the staffing and uh, everybody else. Even I was reading uh, corporate sponsors that you're taking, and I was like, how do I get that gig? Because that would be great. But the admin posts a couple pictures of them getting ready. And the first one is Moose in the cockpit. And I 100% guess that Marcus was the one with the idea. He was like, hey, you need to come take a picture of me where I'm sitting in the pilot seat. And then you need to post it so that it looks like I'm the pilot. It kind of is his golden retriever energy. And I wonder if anybody else got a picture in the cockpit. Was it just Moose? Was Moose the only one that was that excited about it? Then the next picture was Jared Spurgeon forced to eat Swedish fish. Now, I like Swedish fish candy. I think that's one of those, um, there's no gray area. You either love it or you hate it. I have always loved it. I don't know. You know, don't yuck my yum. But it looks like Spurgeon did not want to be eating that fish. He did not look happy about it. And so I'm just confused. Could they not, did they just want the captain in the picture? Did they want him, uh, can they have somebody else eat the sweetest fish? I was a little confused. But after that, the last picture was what we needed to start this Sweden trip off right. It was the entire team and their spots on the plane. The first thing I want to know is who made the seating arrangement? There's nothing bad or good about it. I just, I am curious because, you know, on the sides, they don't have any buddies. They're just, you know, seat, 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 seat. And then in the middle, they're together. So it's like, did they take into account that, you know, these two guys probably want to sit by each other. This guy, he doesn't want anybody by him. He needs to go over there. Because it does not look like it's by seniority. Well, it partially by seniority. Um, but not totally. Because you got Kirill up front. Although I guess since he's an alternate, that might make sense. I'm thinking through this. I'm kind of rethinking this now that I'm talking. But... He is the very front on the side. It does make sense that he would be there because he's an alternate because right next to him across the aisle are Felino and Spurgeon. Okay, I think I just I uh, solved my own problem. But behind him is Zuccarello and he has got his eye mask. He's wearing it 
on top. I, I assume that he had already had it on and they were like, uh, Matt, we need to take a picture. I need you to take that off of your face. And he just, you know, put it up the least amount of effort because he looked like he was just looks could kill. He was ready for a nap and it was rudely interrupted behind him. Maybe there was something going on in that small section of the plane because John Merrill looks downright distressed. Maybe he doesn't like flying, which I hope is not the case. They fly a lot. Maybe he's never been across the pond. I haven't either. For whatever reason, he is distressed. But then behind them is Connor Dewar, and he is smiling. That kind of smile that Dewar doesn't often give to the camera for the wild. He has got this big smile, and he looks ecstatic to be going. And then Rossi's kind of just playing it cool. I feel like Rossi's kind of just a, a cool customer anyway. So then we come back up. Moose is wearing his scarf. They have, like, blue and yellow scarves for this thing. He's the only one wearing it. He's wearing it in the pilot picture. I assume he just really likes it, and I love that. And then behind him, so Spurgeon is next to him. Behind him, we've got Jojo, who looks like he forgot how to wear a beanie. It, so they gave everybody, everybody has, you know, like a, a special warm-up suit that's branded for the Sweden trip. And they all have matching hats, beanies, toques, whatever. Toques, toques, toques. I'm not Canadian. But it's like he forgot how to wear it. He's literally, you know, it's like if I put my hat up way up here like his whole forehead is out and it, it just is kind of like placed on the top of his head and i'm not sure why he chose that because that just either put it on or take it off i i don't know and then we have flurry who looks like his sleep beds are already kicking in he looks like he is like half asleep he is ready to just go but at the same time, somehow he is still flawless. He is half asleep and still flawless. I am very jealous that there are people in this world that can look like that. Because I do not. And behind them, I love that Bogosian and Maroon are sitting together. The Tampa Bay Lightning friends back together. I also love it because they look, they don't look similar, but, you know, they both have kind of the same long dark hair, long dark beard, big guy. So it's kind of funny that like, all right, big guys, you go in this row. Behind them is Freddie and Eck, except Goudreau for whatever reason. I, I'm assuming the admin did not notice that Freddie was not looking. Freddie just like scrunched himself down. And I get it because group pictures can be the worst. You know, maybe they were on like their 25th try for the group picture. So people weren't blinking and stuff. And Freddie was just done. You know, he's like, I'm out. I took I took 25 good pictures. I'm sorry everybody else didn't. And then Eck is next to him. And you know what, guys? So far on this trip, Jules Erickson Eck has taken incredible pictures. There is this running gag that it's like he doesn't know how to take a picture. They had last year, they had the video that I passed the, the phone to. And instead of doing like a straight on shot, like most people, you know, talking to the camera, he did the, the little kid on a FaceTime call and kind of held it under his 
knows. And we got this like wonderful up view. And to be fair, Brodine also did it. But then they had their trip last year. And they were in Las Vegas for a layover for like a couple days. And they went four-wheeling or whatever in those big cart things. And in the group picture, everybody else has maybe not even taken off their helmet, but like opened the visor, taken off their goggles. And then Eck is just full on face shield and helmet. And the only way you know it's him is because you can pick out everybody else in the picture. It, he just, he can't take a good picture. And then the ad, whoever took the pictures for the 78th did him kind of dirty because the squat he's doing in the picture, I understand that that's probably the squat that he does in the game. Yes. And that makes sense. But like for a picture, they should have been like, hey, uh, Jules, could you like bring your legs together a little more and do more of a squat like in the gym? Because it just didn't photograph great. And I love, he's my favorite player. So don't think I'm ragging on him because I'm not. But he took a good picture and he has been taking good pictures in Sweden and I love it. Then we have Duhame and Boldy. Duhame looks like he is already zonked. Except unlike Flurry, he's not flawless. I mean, he's just like, it looks like he basically opened his eyes just enough to take the picture and then he was back to sleep. And then Boldy next to him, Boldy's hair is giving peak 90s teen idol vibes. Just that little kind of bowl cut, but in, you know, in the middle, parted in the middle, and then framing kind of his forehead, that every, every teen boy had that haircut in the 90s. I like that he's trying to bring it back. I honestly, I do. Then we've got Gus. And he actually looks disheveled for once. I feel like Gustafson doesn't really look, I mean, he doesn't really look disheveled in the net, out of the net, everywhere, but he does. And then back in the back of that section is Mermis, Patan, and Hunt. And they are just happy to be along. And you know what? Good for them because, yeah. <coughs> oh, sorry, that one slipped out. They did not start. The season on the roster and yet they get to go on this amazing trip so that's great and then we get to the other side of the plane we've got Faber in the back and he's like desperately leaning out over the aisle because he wants to make sure that he is in the picture he is the opposite of freddie i love it and then coming up toward the front there's goose and seeing Goose, I love that they brought him along, but I have to be honest, and maybe you guys haven't thought of this, and I'm sorry that I'm going to make you think of it, but I'm really sad that they couldn't bring Mason Shaw along. At least I assume they didn't. Obviously, he was not in the player section. Perhaps they found a way to bring him in the back of the plane. Not like cargo. <laughs> Can you imagine like Shaw just sitting there, like like laying on all the hockey bags? <laughs> like, I'm coming along too, guys. <laughs> no, but you know, in the back of the plane is where they had more of like the uh, the broadcast guys, LaPanta, Carter, and all, you know, those kind of guys. So maybe he got to go with, but I just got really sad thinking about that because that was supposed to be him. <sighs> but then we have Brodine. And someone said he's given emo vibes. And yes, he's sitting there. He's got his hood up. 
He's got kind of hair, not quite in his face, but almost. And he looks like he has been taking his trip planner job seriously and that it is kind of stressing him out. But his emo look, it it could go far in high school. Like I knew, again, I knew a lot of guys like that hood up, although they could not wear hoods in class. I don't know if anyone else got yelled at about that. But I think he's just starting to retreat because he is kind of carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. The success of this trip rests on his shoulders to entertain the team, and he feels it. So they fly 10 hours and land, and they come off the plane. The admin makes this video of them coming off the plane with classic music, and it is epic. It is epic because of the music. But they are all kind of emerging into the daylight. They're like a like baby being born or something. They're just, they're emerging out of the plane into the wonderful Swedish country. And they are ready for whatever lies ahead of them. We've, again, we had a picture of Jules Eriksenek. And honestly, he's looking kind of like a model. They have just the right lighting. He's got a great angle. And he's wearing a Louis Vuitton backpack. I feel like that's something that Brodine told him to buy. Because Eck, to me, does not seem like someone that would just buy a, a really, like, more high brand like that. I feel like Brodine was like, hey, you really need to get this backpack. And Eck was like, yeah, okay. And then there's this picture of Zuccarello standing next to Kaprizov. And his eyes, he's got the intense eyes back. So he has brought that energy to Sweden. And hopefully we will see more of it in the games coming up. Which, the games coming up. So this next weekend, the Wild play twice. And they play on Saturday, 10 a.m. Central Time against the Ottawa Senators, and then Sunday at 7 a.m. Central Time against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I am very interested to see the Maple Leafs game. I'm a little sad that I'm going to have to get up before 6.30 for pregame, but I will manage. But the last time that they played the Leafs, that was when Felino had to fight Reeves, and Reeves, that's when he hurt Gaudreau. I have such mixed feelings because I really, I liked Reeves when he was here, but like, man, that hit. No. So we'll see kind of what happens in this meeting. And the other thing is the senators, uh, that's where Gustafson played before he came to the wild. So it'll be a little interesting to see him going up against his old team. But the big kind of narrative surrounding this trip is can this trip act as a reset to the wild season? The wild, they need a reset button. Trading Addison didn't work. That was kind of a small, like, let's try that. This trip is almost uh, serendipitous because this is exactly when they need it. And hopefully they can take that time to do whatever they need to do, to rest, to whatever, have fun not think about hockey for a day and they can hit the reset button and do better <laughs> and play better 
And I really hope that the next time that they meet the stars, they have hit that reset button and we can give them more of a fight. But if anyone will be waking up early, I'm assuming most of you will be. On Saturday and Sunday, I will be waking up early with some Bloody Marys, some breakfast sandwiches, you know, and, and be good to go. Usually I watch these games in my bedroom because we only have two TVs in my house. And the other one is downstairs where my husband is usually uh, streaming on Twitch. But this time he was like, for these games, can you please watch downstairs? <sighs> and I suppose I can do that. I suppose I can do that for him. But all right, this podcast is much more my usual length than the last time. Last time was only like 15 minutes because I kept having to pause to cough and I just got tired of it. And I'm sure if you watched the YouTube version, you got really tired of the starts and stops. <laughs> I can only imagine. I, I can't watch myself. So these podcasts, I cannot listen to myself and I cannot watch myself because I'm way too self-critical. So, uh, but I can imagine just how jumpy the video was, you know, uh, it's not, it's not like I started my coughing fit and was like, okay, I was sitting in this exact position so that when I'm done, I can go back to it and it will be seamless. So I'm sorry. I'm human. Anyway, uh, keep up the good vibes. Let's keep an eye on the wild over in Sweden. So far, the admin has been feeding, feeding, feeding us content. Unfortunately, they are seven hours ahead. So as of right now, they're probably sleeping, but let's, Keep up the good vibes and root for them because you know what? They can do it and we are here for them. All right. See you next time.